your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Welcome into the Ask Level Podcast, episode number 24. With Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. Glad to be with you for a 24th consecutive week. They, there's been some, you know, ups, downs as we've been doing these, but uh, had a up and down week within that was pretty spread out. If you're looking at Texas Tech basketball, we'll look at basketball. Uh, finally got a Big 12 football schedule, including Texas Tech football schedule, so we'll get to discuss that. Big 12 meetings, a lot going on there, and a few questions that we'll get into. How are you doing, Level? I'm doing good. I choose to, yeah, there's been some ups and downs. I only, used, uh, only choose to focus on the ups here. So we're only going to talk about the Iowa State game. All right. To men's basketball this past week and, um, and, and the positives of the Red Raider football schedule. We won't focus on any of the downs here. So, okay. We're all without, positive. With, without, you know, yeah. So, you know, further ado, uh, we'll, we'll continue now. But no, the, the, uh, the, the, the basketball week couldn't have been, uh, more, I don't know, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you played a terrible first half against Iowa State and a terrible first part of the second half. That's seven or eight minutes there, yeah. Yeah, and then it just, you know, I, I've joked that it's like Iowa State was just tired of playing well and they were like, okay, your turn now. <laughs> um, because it, it just made no sense. I mean, it was one of the biggest either comebacks, collapses, however you want to phrase it, uh, that, that I had ever seen. And it reminded me of the 2006 uh, Insight Bowl, honestly. That's exactly where it went for me, too. Just yeah. the, the emotions as a fan. That's completely where my brain went. Cause yeah, you were you were you were dead in the water. Yep. Um now, now granted that that game was a bowl game. That game was neutral side. This one was at home, so it makes it uh a touch easier. But people were leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh Iowa State was just doing whatever they wanted. I mean, it was they're playing horse and and it at some level was a layup drill at times. You just were out of sorts. And Iowa State is really, really good. Uh, you know, and and you know, obviously, just if you don't believe that, look look uh, to what they did versus the Jayhawks uh, over the weekend. But uh, yeah, and then you, you pull that off, and and then unfortunately, I think reality sets in over the weekend. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, uh, I think you played a really good first half against a really probably a better team than Iowa State, in my opinion. Uh, in, in Waco, we played a really good first half. Uh, down four, you know, short, short-handed again. No Dawes, no, no Pop Isaacs, but B- Baylor's just got uh, high-level NBA-type personnel on their team, and they unfortunately are better than you really across the board. So the yeah. uh, you know, eventually the dam just broke, and you just got you got run out of the building. Uh, but at least you didn't get run out of your building earlier in the week. <laughs> That's true. At least you you have something to to salvage there. But this Baylor team, they seem like a really bad matchup for Tech in that they shoot the three ball really well and you don't defend the three ball well at all. Are they – I'm not saying they're going to win the Big 12 because they dug a hole pretty deep early on. Are they the best team in the Big 12 right now? Well, I – I think Texas is, and they just beat Baylor. That's true. So I want to make that clear. I, if you're asking me whose personnel is better from one to nine and who fits the roles 
the best and all that, it's probably either Texas or Baylor. Uh, because and see in Baylor, now they're more complete because Jonathan Chama Chachua is yeah. now back and he changes the entire dynamic of their team. Is it me I mean, or does it feel like every single person that comes back from injury or suspension always comes back against tech? I know that's jaded fan, <laughs> but it feels like it always happens against the Red Raiders. Yeah. Well, when, when things aren't going well, you feel like you're being True. ganged up on. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jeff Axton and I, before the game, we were talking to the Baylor uh, radio announcer, John Morris, great guy. Mm-hmm. His cousin actually works with you, uh, Choice Woodman, and her name is Connie. You know Connie well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's oh, yeah. John Morris's, uh, they're, they're cousins. But anyway, John, John was talking to uh, Axton and I, and they were having a reunion, okay, a basketball reunion. And so all these tall, I mean, players mm-hmm. just just by. I mean, there, there's 50 or 60 of them start walking by. Some of them are st- stopping there to talk to John. And I, I told Haxton, I was like, I'm feeling really like outmanned here, man. I'm like, if they want to do an old man game, they got the people. They've got the, <laughs> the they've got the current team. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I was like, felt like surrounded. Uh, Rico Gathers was one of them, and he still looks like he could do mm-hmm. some serious damage. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but it, it was just you mentioned that that ganged up on, but. Yeah, Caleb Grill, uh, you know, he just missed the one game uh, against uh, right. uh, oh, oh, you know, Big 12 SEC Challenge, but then he comes back and hits, what, eight threes? Against eight threes. You. I know. And then, Fortunately, he missed one that really would have mattered. Yeah, but, no uh, doubt. I don't know. But but Chachua changes uh, because he, he can play the five, and they don't have to solely rely on uh, uh, Thamba or mm-hmm. Ojunawa, if I said his name correctly. Well done. Um and, and and they're just they're so deep, but those guards, man, it's just like you can shut one or two of them down. But then, because that's what they were able to do too, is that if anything, they struggle on defense because they're so good on offense, they can get away with it. Chacho mm-hmm. makes them better on defense, and look what they did to Kevin O'Banner. I mean, he he wasn't even you know it's like hey, no touches for you. But three uh, shot attempts in the game, they, I think? They, they, they wouldn't even really let him get the yeah. ball, and like as soon as he did have it i mean he he was just you know doubled uh for mm-hmm. the most part and that's what it came down to i mean you're just uh, just to call it like i see it i mean your personnel and your offensive firepower is nowhere near what what baylor's is and it, it, it it's a bad matchup from a variety of 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 standpoints and one you're hey let's go small ball let's try to pressure them you you can't not like uh, not like Iowa State, but you can't do that, and not against Baylor. They just yeah, they they were scoring off of it. Anytime you pressured it on the sure. back end, it just wasn't a wasn't a fair fight. Yeah, so uh, really fun, crazy Monday night, and then a long stretch in between, and unfortunately, kind of an inverse game. You play well in the first half, play pretty poorly in the second half. Lots of layups, lots of open threes. It was lots of second chance points. Uh, especially in the second half against Baylor, and uh, went about as poorly as possible there to have a one in one week. But I mean, and trust me, it, it, it I cannot emphasize to you how miserable that is to try to be be a part of a, a broadcast oh, yeah. or how hard it is, I should say, when you're just watching the other team just I don't know clown you. You know, just I mean, it's it, they're dunks, they're they're made threes, they're having a party. Help- Helpless of a feeling experience. as you can go through. Right? Yeah, I mean, just no you're just sitting there watching nothing and you can do, and and you can't change the channel. You can't no. get up and leave. You know, you just gotta <laughs> exactly. gotta be be professional. And 
And it's just, yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's hard on everybody when you, when you, you take an L like yeah. that, uh, and, and, you know, and then you, you turn right around and you're ba- basically about to play the, the hottest team in the big 12 and Oklahoma state who has oh now won five of six, I think. Yeah. They uh, were, they were looked at towards the bottom of the barrel, like Texas tech was not long ago. And now they're. They're climbing. I mean, they're 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 in the tournament now. I mean, right, right now, now if, yep. if yeah, they're, they're absolutely in the field and, and deservedly so. I mean, they, they've got some nice uh, wins and uh, they're they're long and athletic. I think they're starting to figure some things out on offense. Uh, the Caleb Boone is is really caught fire, and I think he's really started to light everybody up. And you know, I, I worry about you know like uh, Davion Harmon trying to drive into the lane. He, he did it against Baylor and he does, he does it all the time. But like Musa Cisse for Oklahoma State is the longest, yeah. uh, best shot blocker in the, in the conference. And right. I just don't think that there's going to be many opportunities to do those kinds of things against Oklahoma State. But yeah, Oklahoma State's a attorney team. Right now, it's the Red Raiders and Oklahoma Sooners that are kind of uh, on the outs uh, right now. Cause I even think West Virginia uh, would yeah. be it. Go, 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 go look at the. Yeah, look at their net ranking. They're, they're in the top they're, they're, twenty-five. Net yes, ranking. Yes, they are. Yes, they Crazy. are. I know. <laughs> yeah. And and they just beat Oklahoma by thirty. Uh, they've started to figure some things out. I mean, yeah. they're you know again. Uh, so anyway, I, I don't I don't know where this goes from here. Uh, I don't know. You know, Oklahoma State, and then you host uh, Kansas State and Texas in back to back home games. That's what we'll be talking about. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, over the over the next show time we do this because you will have just played Kansas State and you'll be about to play uh, Texas, but it's just there's no there's no I mean, on paper, man, they they all don't look like fun. I mean, yeah. none of them. Right, and, and the same for the Iowa State game. He got one out, um, found a way to win. Very true. One. Uh, Very true. When you look on paper, I don't know how you see anything you can count as a win at this point. I mean, you, there, there's definitely not. You could say it's winnable, but used to a home game, you'd say, got a great shot at winning that one. Now it's kind of like, well, maybe you could if things go well, you play decent, uh, yeah, quit I turning mean, the ball over, rebound. Yeah. And, and and after that game versus Iowa State, Kevin O'Banner, you know, he he basically said he declared we're going to the tournament, you know, yeah. and and I know he meant the NCAA tournament. That's all he's ever played in, I think, and that's all that's that's sure. what he meant. But now you're one and nine in the league, okay? So you've played ten of eighteen games. You have eight left, and I, I mean, you're, you're getting close to where you just have you would have to like almost you know win out uh, or almost yeah, like with with the eight left, you, you're I think if if you go five and three over that last eight, I may have a conversation with you and I wish I would knew what the numbers and data would look like from the rest of the league because this league is getting so much yeah. credit. And the data is the is the it's not just the eyeball test, but if you go five and three over your last eight and then maybe pick up one in Kansas City, I, I would have a conversation with you. Anything short of that, and I, I just I don't see it. Um yeah. And and it's not too far fetched for you to look at it and go, you you can only win one or two more. That's sure. that's also sure. the no. you know. So anyway, if you're going to have those conversations, the the home games are are the musts. I mean, because yeah. you, and and they may be enough to help you like get into that that territory because you've got Kansas State, you've still got Texas coming to town. Uh, remind me, there's another 
Yeah, you, well, you, and you have you have TCU and Oklahoma State. Those, oh those yeah, are the, there you go. Those, so, and, and so technically, all, all four, all four could be tournament teams or are right now. They all exactly. could be ranked at some level. So yeah, but that, that that's just again, you you picked a bad year to be bing, <laughs> dinged up and and mediocre sure. uh, or young because th- this is this league is just chewing you up right now. But it's it's hard for me to see uh, Texas Tech sitting at one and nine in last place in the conference standings after you were. You know, I mean, near, nearly right there, close to the top of the sport, uh, just seven or eight months ago. One basketball question from uh, Scott, and then we'll move on to football schedule. It says, how many more wins does Adams need need to have to uh, keep his job safe for next year? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, that is determined by wins or losses at this point. I think that that, that there's. Um, I, I and I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that it's not either. But I don't know if there. You don't do magic numbers. I think there's. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of times it's either you go to the tournament or not. It doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. you know, because there's teams out there in the country that win 21 games that don't go to the NCAA tournament. But, you know, the the, the tournament is the goal. Sure. Uh, I, I would just say this. If, if things continue to get away from you and you kind of – if you start to look non-competitive, I mean, you know, and, and really if you are competitive and lose, I mean – the way sports work, especially big time business like college athletics, something or things will change. You know, that's up yeah. to Mark and Kirby and the people that are in charge of running that basketball program. And whether that's staff, roster, uh, who, marketing, who the heck knows? I mean, right. all, all the things that comes with that. But it won't be allowed to continue status quo if if things just keep on the same track. I mean, that's just not the way. Uh, that's not the way it works. Yeah, one question we've got a lot on our show the, the last couple of weeks is if Tech were to qualify, which I believe just means 500 or better record, do you think they'd even be interested in an NIT appearance this year? Yeah, that, that that's up to staff and those players, I think, uh, and administration too. Um, I, I think, you know, because there was a time when – you know, when Chris got here, uh, they, they would have had a chance to be in the NIT, and I think he wanted zero part of it just because he wanted he he was tired of coaching that particular team and frustrated with them, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I just don't think they were in a good place mentally <laughs> to be because the NIT is tricky, man. Yeah. It's especially for a program like Tech that's been eaten off the NCAA tournament, uh, sure. you know, Apple for however many seasons it's been and i'll be the first to admit i feel like i've taken it for granted a bit now that you're you're you're, you're got a long way to go to to be even be in that conversation it, it stings a bit uh that you're you you can't look at bracketology and and all that stuff but uh i i, I don't know about the nit that that's an unknown that, that there's a variety of people that are involved in that conversation and it you know then you you obviously look at guys like Kevin O'Banner who's your senior and go what do you want to do here do you want to keep going you know because I mean a lot of times the energy just comes out of a program and a team when they when they do right. play in the NIT there's nobody there you don't know when the games are sure it's just it's just tricky there's a place for it and you do have to be pretty damn good to get in it so <laughs> it's they don't just extend the bids to everybody at all I mean like you you know it, it is the best of the rest for sure and there's plenty of still teams that that are squeezed out of that one uh, that you would think, man, I would have thought they, but they're, they're not. So anyway. All right. Moving on to uh, football. We finally got a football schedule earlier in the week. Uh, That was nice to, to get to see it 
on paper, get to know where you're you're going to be, dates, locations, all of that. Um, what stood out to you when you you first saw it? You you kind of well, knew you you outlined last episode um, what the teams were going to be like, but you didn't necessarily know the the wins and the wares. So what what's yeah? Out? We had good info. Uh, we, yeah. we did. We yeah. knew neither Oklahoma school, no Iowa State, no Cincy. Uh, I, I was. I guess the, the the first things I, I noticed were, were that you don't have any any back to back really home or road games here. The only exception is that in the non conference you right. have Oregon and, and Tarleton State. Other than have we that, ever seen though, that before? I, I don't ever remember. Like, it's true it's, road and away. Yeah, it's very home. symmetrical. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like you know you know just constant you know back and forth and, and so so that I mean, last that, last year level we. I think we went a full month or right at a month without playing a game at home. Yeah. There was there was a stretch there that that you went about a month without playing a game at home. Well, this is one that keeps the fan base engaged. It yeah. keeps the player you you know you you don't you you don't run the risk of just hitting the skids like hey man we got to go on the road for two or three weeks. This is going to be really tough. You know, we don't have a home game for, you know, a month or whatever and so we got to survive this thing. There's really that that doesn't exist, but you also don't have uh, the opportunity to to you know be at home in a two or three game uh, right. home stand and like build momentum that way either. Uh, I kind of like it though. Uh, I'll be honest. I kind of like it. Uh, I think that the other you know situation I was looking at. I was looking at the okay the the asterisks on the schedule and what I mean by that is who's playing the early conference game, who's playing on Thursday nights, what does Thanksgiving week look like, yeah. I mean, all all the all the extras that come with the the non normal. And, and I don't necessarily like it that you're playing TCU on a Thursday night, uh, you know. But that's that's it's a big, it's gonna you know should be a really big game. You, you've obviously played them on uh, Thursday nights before, one in Fort Worth, one in one in Lubbock, and uh, you know one of the the one in Lubbock obviously went well. But uh, the only only thing that guarantees is that you've got a night game, which is is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, and that's true. It it just it just squeezes the the fans a bit and attendance a bit and. You know, it's like the university has to deal with parking because I mean they used to have classes going on. It's just because next year is going to be a circus anyways because they've taken away a lot of the parking because of the construction. So sure. I don't know. I don't know what all uh, is gonna is gonna happen there. But uh, but yeah, I, but I, I like the schedule. I think it 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 uh, it is one from a home game standpoint without Oklahoma and Texas on it. You have a really hard time trying to put a better three uh, trio of opponents. You know, because you get the two, uh, what, teams that played in the Big 12 championship last year, the two purple teams, they're both supposed to be really good again, right? right. And then Oregon. Yeah. Uh, Oregon is one of the most high-profile non-conference games you've had here in years. You know, you, you have to go back to, like, Spike when you were when you had Miami coming in here, when you had Nebraska yeah. coming in here as a non-conference uh, opponent. I mean, it's it's been a while. Um, and so I, th- I think that's and, – and it's it's there's so much irony there because it's the Tyler Shuck Bowl. I mean, yeah. that, that that's the that's the bizarre part. Sure. I just can't imagine that everybody involved would have ever thought that this would ever actually be a thing or mm-hmm. would ever happen. But here we are, you know. So yeah, uh, several months away. But yeah, g- glad to see the schedule. Glad it's uh, it's out and good to go. Yeah, uh, the one that I like that I haven't really seen people talk about much is the Central Florida game at home and. I guess it's just because it's new blood. So you get to, you, you know, it gets redundant at times, This the, the same teams over and over. I, I kind of like that you get Central Florida. And, and if Texas Tech 
is a dark horse or a contender like uh, some think they can be, then that game could be a pretty big one as your f- home finale. Yeah, and it's your senior day. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, the 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 Gus bus. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know Central Florida is well coached. Uh, I mean, they, they've they've had several double digit win seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Scott Frost, Josh Heupel, now Malzahn, and uh, but yeah, they 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 think a lot of themselves there in Orlando, <laughs> they do. Central Florida. Yeah, their whole fan base and on, on the on the twitters and everything like that. But uh, but yeah, that you know who knows how these new schools are going to handle this because I, I just you know again the, the the point of the whole of being in a in a power five league which mm-hmm. this is it's all about the grind and you know I, I you hear people term it like in basketball wise the psychology of the schedule and all these different things but it's just you know they're going to look up at it and on paper and they're going to go like we're talking about basketball. Like if you if you if you sure. are any any level of vulnerable, you can look at the the Big Twelve schedule in any given year, really in any sport, and go, we could lose all of these, but you could also potentially win all of these too. <laughs> right. And, and it right. and 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 then uh, you know it usually just fits somewhere in the middle. But I think they've just been used to looking at it and going, these th- these are our three big games, and and like in between them, we just got to keep our kids from getting complacent and keep them healthy and, and all those things. Because if we just gear up for those three games, we're going to win, you know, nine, 10, 11 games. That, but that's just not, that doesn't exist in this league. I mean, uh, and, and again, I think that there'll be some, there'll be interesting games from the standpoint of the, the old blood won't want to give an inch to the new blood. And the new blood is going to be wanting to kick in the door and like tell everybody and tell the nation, see, why did this take so long for us to get an invite yeah. to stuff like this? So there's some interesting like dynamics with some of that stuff. And I do think Central Florida and, and Houston are in a position to kind of make some noise. I don't know if I trust Cincinnati as much. And then BYU, I don't know what to think there because they've been they've been really good in recent years, but then they've kind of they, they fall off too. So um, I don't know, but yeah, you're going to Provo and then hosting Central Florida, so that that part is certainly fun. Uh, so one one more question on the schedule, and we'll move on to a few Big Twelve topics and and wrap up. Uh, someone asked, Dylan asks, what is the best case scenario and worst case scenario record wise for Tech with this new schedule? So floor and ceiling type of. Yeah, I mean, well, but based on what you know, we're way ahead there, and I don't, you know, you don't know it's, your it's final early. roster, yeah. you don't know everybody else's final roster, but I mean, yeah, I, I hesitate to say that that they could go uh, undefeated, but I mean, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I think that's, I don't know that that's certainly you know possible and i mean i i think there's you know there, there's going to be people that feel like this is a eight and one seven and two type team and if mm-hmm. you do feel like that way then i mean the, then the running through it which is extremely difficult uh to do uh anybody that would that, that is that, certainly possible yeah anybody that would, that would say that's a crazy statement absolutely no one would have expected tcu to do what they did last year no, you're right. Nobody at all would yeah, have expected right. them to play in the national title game, go undefeated through Big 12 play. I mean, we kept sitting there every week saying, okay, they're going to lose one now. I mean, and, and they just yeah. found a way. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's 
shooting pretty high, but it definitely. If not I impossible. told you, if I told you that the Texas Tech was going to go seven and two in the league uh, this next season, would you take it? Yeah, <laughs> and, and and whatever whatever came with it. Because I mean, yeah, because I when think you got, when you when you got fourteen teams in there right, now, right. some schedules aren't as hard as others, and. Yeah. You know, you you could be sitting there. If I told you, hey, you got seven and two, you're like, okay, well, you spun the wheel, and this is the seven and two scenario <laughs> where you're tied for with some team, and you don't get to play in the Big Twelve Championship game. You know, there's another Ooh. team that's eight and one. There's another seven and two team. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, seven, seven and two is kind of that sweet spot. I, boy, I think long and hard about taking it and running. Uh, I, I think because, so. Yeah, just because you've had this long stretch of. Heck, being below 500 in the league. So yeah, I since like what, 09? What, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'd like to see what 7-2 and two would look like. But anyways, but yeah, no, I think nice. that the – and as far as the the floor, I mean, I, I just don't – I don't know what would have to happen uh, because I think you're covered at quarterback, uh, you know, thankfully, at least right now, knock on wood. Um, you know, I, I, I think that you'll, you've got enough – there that I, I just I really can't envision a scenario to where you're, you're you're four and five. So I may say five and four is your floor. League play. Yeah. That's a that's that's a I mean that's a brave statement to make, but that's yeah. kind of that's kind of where you're at with your personnel and with all these folks coming back uh compared to to what others uh have coming back. So which isn't crazy. I mean that you're saying your floor would be the same as as you finished last year, uh, yeah. because maybe throw an Oregon loss there and call it seven and five overall in the year, and that's that's not a crazy statement either. Um, yeah. All right, so the Big Twelve had meetings in Dallas uh, this past week. Lots of stuff going on there, including uh, reports that Texas and UT put out an offer to the league to Fox uh, to get out of the league early. That offer was rejected. The other big topic, to, topic, pardon me, was uh, Gonzaga um, and their potential as a Big Twelve member in the future. So you can take whichever topic you want to go with first. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Texas Tech uh, and, and most league officials at at, at, at these schools uh, early last week uh, were kind of it was indicated to a lot of them that. Oklahoma and Texas were likely in in for one more year, mm-hmm. uh, and and what I mean by that is is that one more year after this one, so mm-hmm. uh, two more years, however you want to phrase that. So Not through that. their full contract. Yes, yes, I think that uh, this has been tricky. I think that that is a a pretty ironclad agreement on the grant of rights, and I think that yeah, you're, you're having to. I think ESPN was satisfied with whatever offer was made, but you have to remember ESPN is also right. in bed with the SEC, and Fox was the one that was felt like they're not getting uh, what 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 was offered or mm-hmm. compared to what it's worth as far as inventory or or whatever. And I think um, you know they're they're the ones that aren't in bed with the with the SEC. They do obviously factor in with the Big Ten and the Big Twelve now, but I, I would say that don't it, it, nothing is is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I think I think the Big Twelve, much like Oklahoma and Texas, are kind of ready for this thing to 
you know, kind of go, go do our own thing here because you're in this awkward existence right now. However, it's just got to make sense financially because you're not going to just say, you know what, we're so, this is really stressing us out here and we just are tired of dealing with, just go, man, just go do your thing and we're, <laughs> we're going to be okay. No, that, that's not how this is going to go. No. But I do think that there's, there's a deal to be made at some level, but it's just tricky. And I don't know if all parties involved are going to be okay with wanting to make a deal or, or what it would come with. And so you could be looking at a scenario, and that's very real, in fact, where Oklahoma and Texas are, in fact, in this league and in the 2024 season as well. Uh, and it just – it just because you think about things like your bowl tie-ins. Mm-hmm. You think about – uh, you know, s- some of the scheduling things that you're going to have to continue to work through. And then how do you do, you, you know, the second year of this 14-team schedule? Yeah. Um, you know, th- there- there's just all kinds of uh, awkward dynamics. And plus, I think to, to your point, I want to bury the lead here. You asked me about the Gonzaga, you know, candidacy. Yeah. And I think that is largely on hold as this hangs over you. And so not that there's some timetable there, or that you have to do this or that, and you probably could say, "Hey, we want you," but it doesn't go into effect until whatever. But I think those kinds of plans that you have with what you're wanting to do with your league are kind of hung up a bit, uh, just because you're kind of in this awkward existence with Oklahoma and Texas. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, did you see the? Did you read all the fine print and some of the reporting that was out there? I mean, I, I saw, I saw Fox being offered. I mean, like, th- th- there was stuff like, okay, we control all of Michigan and Ohio State's non-conference games. You control Texas's. I mean, they, they were really cutting deals here yeah. with the networks, trying to figure out a way to, to make it work. And, again, if I'm the Big 12, uh, I, I just want to make sure that I'm getting paid what this is worth. That's the biggest thing right there. Yeah, absolutely, because there, there's a dollar figure on this, or there's penalties in place if these schools depart early. And I'm not interested in some extra games or some, you know, I mean, that that needs to be shown to me in the form of dollars because yeah. all these Big 12 schools are, are going to, you know, they're going to take, you know, a minor haircut here under this new deal and they they need to be made whole, you know. I mean, so I'm not looking to let anybody out early or easy if it doesn't make sense for me financially. And that's just the reality of it, as awkward yeah. as it may be. Yeah, this whole grant of rights thing is is because of the last round of realignment. I'm talking the when Texas A and M left you, and when Missouri and all that. Oh, yeah. It's they these TV contracts and the leagues really got to where they have these ironclad contracts. I mean, what, what's the the Big Twelve's an LLC or I think it's an LLC, whatever a company in Delaware now, I believe is is what was reported last year because of all of this. Uh, there's so many fail safes to help these, these leagues out if teams were to leave them again. And that that seems to be the case here that there's no just easy out for, and and you can't make that easy out if you're the big 12 conference, because they owe you money and either they stick to it, even with, through the awkwardness, you you deal with that for two years. Uh, You, you owe them absolutely no favors for, for leaving you. It's business. It is. I mean, it's it's business, and I know, I know Texas could largely pay their way out. I don't think Oklahoma's in a position. Uh, th- th- this is the way it's portrayed and, and reported, right? I don't think Oklahoma's in a position to do that. Uh, but uh, so I, I don't know what I don't know what's in store uh, because the next immediate question 
is now that you've got a football schedule and we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about the 24 season and who's mm-hmm. in this league, who's not, who potentially may be in. But the next thing is, how are you going to do the basketball schedule? Because that's the next schedule that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about because now you have a 14 team league for basketball and baseball. Um, and, and what does that look like? You know, from a basketball standpoint, how many conference games, uh, are, are you, are you going to, to, uh, maintain, how is it right. going to be structured? Are you doing pods? Are you doing divisions? Are you doing, what are you doing? Cause that schedule begins. We just get the football schedule that begins in September. I mean, basketball starts in first of November. Yep. You know, so exactly what 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 so you know, I, I I have a feeling that a lot of those kinds of things will be discussed. Sure. Um, you know, and you know, and and the word is starting to get out too that uh, Brett Yormark very interested in UNLV too. I know I've mentioned that to you before, but uh, I think UNLV uh, obviously a, a a possibility that he's trying to pitch. Uh, because of the city of Las Vegas, uh, and I think that uh, potentially as a basketball only member, uh, and that's why you you know the Gonzaga conversation it, it it gets a little more traction because if you don't involve the Pac-12 schools, right. it at least gives some some West Coast you know, and I think Brett Yarmark is all about the pomp and circumstance, and nobody offers up more pomp and circumstance than the city of Las Vegas. Yeah, we have more. We're kind of running out of time here, and we'll have more weeks to discuss this. But now that the Big Ten has a new commissioner, that may change things up with you know poaching more Pac-12 schools like Oregon and and Washington. We don't they don't have a new commissioner yet, but we'll have a new one down the road. So we have no idea what that that future looks like. Where it looks like Oregon and Washington were you know at some point going to go to the Big Ten. Now what happens there? Does Pac-12 stay alive? Does Big 12 try to poach there? So, still, so many question marks in the world of realignment. Yeah, so. lots, lots of old question marks for sure. No doubt. Well, hey, enjoyed. Uh, what would you say? Episode twenty four. Twenty four. Yes, sir. Yeah, enjoyed it, man. It was fun. Well, uh, I, I did. Yeah, it was fun. Um, thank you for being here with me, and uh, keep hope alive, everybody. Absolutely. That's Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned into the Ask Level Podcast, brought to you by Double T ninety seven three. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.